What's up, everybody? I'm Ken Crump. This is the Mainstream Evangelical Podcast. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about something that uh, is not something I'm very excited to talk about. It's, um, it's really kind of sad and, and infuriating in other ways. Uh, we want to talk about the situation at the Rock Church in Virginia Beach, where on Friday, October 29th, the lead pastor at that church was arrested and released on bond on charges of solicitation of prostitution from a minor aged 16 or older and using a vehicle to promote prostitution or unlawful sex. Uh, According to the Chesterfield County Police Special Victims Unit, the suspect believed that they were soliciting sex from minors through online and social media platforms, but were actually communicating with detectives. Uh, When Blanchard showed up to meet the person he intended to have sex with, He was arrested by Chesterfield County police officers. Um, This is especially difficult to talk about this because I used to go to this church. I know John. I know his wife. I know the whole family. Um, It's been a while since I've been there, but we've been in contact over the years. And, um, you know, when something like this happens, everybody always says they're shocked, and that just sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, you you just cannot believe that something like this happened. But, and some would say, well, you shouldn't talk about it. We shouldn't be, you know, we, we shouldn't be talking about these types of things. We need to accentuate the positive or whatever. But the reality is this stuff needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be confronted. And people and churches need to be held accountable because they're not just accountable to their 501c3 organization or to the church board, or to their pastoral fellowship, these people are accountable to the Word of God itself. And that's what needs to be brought up, and people need to understand how to deal with these issues, how to address them, whether or not um, they should go to a church, or not go to a church, or, or support a church. They need to understand what's right, what's wrong, and, uh, and, and clearly what what needs to be done when a situation like this this happens. Um, in my book, Keeping the Faith While Surviving the Church, uh, this is one of the things I talked about in the book and, and gave specific situation or gave specific um, direction as to what people should do, specific criteria. Um, and it's based both on spiritual principles and legal principles. There are things that churches have a, a responsibility to do for the sake of integrity, for the sake of the gospel, really. Um, and when you have a he said, she said situation that can't be proven, that's one thing. That, that gets handled a little bit differently because you still have to document what happened. You still have to look into it, whether there's any credibility to it or not, because anybody can say anything. Um, but you still need to take it serious and still needs to be investigated. But my point here is, um, and to be clear, uh, he did. John here did not have sex with anybody, and he never had an opportunity to have sex with anybody because on the other end was a police officer, not an actual person. So it's solicitation to have sex from a minor and also the use of a vehicle, which apparently is against the law in the state of Virginia. When you have this type of situation and you have a police report, 
that shows that this particular pastor drove willingly and knowingly to a location to have sex with a minor, there is no doubt here as to what's happened. And yes, it still needs to be investigated, and everybody's innocent until proven guilty, but at the very least, the very first thing a church needs to do in a situation like this is to remove that person from their position, okay? There is probable cause in these types of circumstances where leadership needs to take action. They shouldn't even have the opportunity to resign. That shouldn't even be a discussion. Now, you may or may not want to fire them for legal reasons or whatever, but you, what you can do is, is put them on temporary leave until this, the matter's resolved, right? So they should not even be, uh, that person should not even be anywhere near the church grounds. They shouldn't be coming into the office. They shouldn't be interacting with staff, and they certainly shouldn't be participating in a church service. But in this particular situation, what happened, you had John Blanchard, who got arrested on a Friday, got bailed out, and then was in church on Sunday, and we have video of him leading the service after worship, blowing a shofar, and praying with people. All right? So let's take a look, and keep in mind, just two days before this, he was arrested for solicitation of prostitution with a minor. Okay, so let's take a look. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and lift your voice. Hallelujah. Come on and lift your voice with a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Put your hands together. Let's magnify the Lord. He is the way maker. <laughs> out of your seat and come down to the front and pray with me right now. Come on, give them a great big hand as they come. Those three who raised your hand, come on down. We're going to pray together right here. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you should have raised your hand, I want you to come on down too. Come on, give them a great big hand as they come. Don't be shy. Make room for them now. Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. Quickly, come on down. I'll pray with you right here. Look at this young man. That's so awesome. How old are you? How old are you? Nine. All right. Give the Lord praise for this young man who's come down to pray. I think someone else is coming behind you. Then his wife, Robin, came up and talked about a number of things and a number of events coming up and started talking about abortion and LGBTQ issues and a lot of other political, right-wing political stuff, not even mentioning what happened. Okay. And that's just crazy. So same service. This is his wife, Robin. So I want to encourage you to vote biblical. Vote biblical. I'm not going to tell you who to. That should be a given. If they don't support biblical principles. Look, anybody that strand, stands up for same-sex marriage or transgender bathrooms or they say they support abortion. Now, if that wasn't bad enough. You also have a previous court case where John Blanchard was charged with sexual battery. And these charges were later dismissed, probably due to a lack of evidence, because it was a he-said-she-said situation. Jenna Sellers, who worked at Rock Church, claimed that in 2018, Blanchard came to her house to work on the church's website. And while there, she claims he began to make sexual advances to her, and when told no, continued to assault her. Now... First of all, 
what a married lead pastor is doing at some woman's house at night or during the day, whatever the, whatever the case, uh, when they t- when the two are alone is is completely inappropriate. Most lead pastors don't get involved in specifics with the church website. They have a tech team that does that or assistants that do that. Um, but you don't need to go to somebody's house to do something like that. And when you try to look up the record for all this, there is no record in the Virginia um, General District Court database for this or even a speeding ticket. And it may be that um, that he had it expunged. I, I really don't know. But it's really it's really just inappropriate and completely wrong for churches to try to cover stuff like this up. Look, there are people in churches that sometimes are pastors, and they fall short. They have an affair. Um, this can happen. It's, it's not a common thing, but it does happen. And when they do, there's usually a process in the denomination for them to uh, step down from ministry, get rehabilitated, go to counseling, if it's possible, work things out with their spouse— uh, to work them out and then be restored back into ministry, and that does happen. But when you have situations where people have multiple sexual encounters outside of their marriage with multiple partners, multiple times, and you have um, these types of situations, that's not really something that churches should be trying to reconcile them. Of course, that person's uh, walk with God, that person's that reconciliation between them and God, that's personal. That's between them and the Lord. But as far as them being in a leadership position in a church, uh, you know, what's really important here is that people um, are protected, that the parishioners are protected. You don't want someone who's a sexual predator or not living that life, the life that they claim to be living in the pulpit or in a leadership position uh, where they can harm someone. And that's the most important thing, really. You know, the church, um, if the church wants to protect its reputation, when things like this happen, they need to be open and honest about it. And when people do things that are beyond just a marital affair, and you're talking about something that is, is just really as repulsive as prostitution and prostitution, to, to pay for sex with a minor child, which is what we're talking about here— that has absolutely no place in the church, and that needs to be dealt with. And when that happens, um, these people need to be removed from their, their position of authority. Uh, no questions asked. So, like I said, this is, this is really a, a very sad situation. It's, it's a shame. And it's, uh, you know, the, what happened was bad enough, but Rock Church's response to that is is just absolutely even worse. The Rock Church then the Rock Church released a statement on on Pastor Blanchard stepping down. And this is what they said: Under the guidance of our legal counsel, we cannot make a statement or comment concerning the accusations against Reverend John Blanchard at this time. We are all committed to walking in integrity and truth at Rock Church International. We'll continue to take steps to do so. Pastor Blanchard has voluntarily stepped back as lead pastor from all his ministerial duties until this present situation is totally resolved. During this season, Bishop Ann Jimenez will be stepping in as lead pastor and sharing the pulpit with Pastor Robin Blanchard. As followers of Christ, we must remember that redemption, salvation, grace, mercy, and healing are all gifts given to the children of God. 
Although everyone must address their own convictions and consequences, our assignment as believers is not to condemn, but to be agents of God's love, healing, justice, and reconciliation. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we are to walk in eternity with Christ, our position must be one of truth, love, faith, mercy, justice, and forgiveness. Thank you for your prayers and support. The outpouring of love has been overwhelming as we appreciate all of those who have reached out to be an encouragement to us. We would ask that the privacy of the Blanchard family be respected as they walk through this difficult journey together. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So, you know, all of that that, that's said there is true, but I don't really think it's appropriate to be talking about grace in ministry or grace in understanding when it comes to somebody like him that's done something this grievous. This is not a time for that. That's, that's between him and God and him and his family. But as far as the church goes, that's not the kind of statement that needs to be made. It's not, it's not about grace and mercy. It's about truth and justice. Um, and that's just more, more of churches trying to cover up something that's, uh, um, that's just very disgraceful. Um, and, and it's just really discouraging that a church like this, and this is not the rock church that I knew when I went there, um, they would never tolerate this type of thing. But that brings us to one more issue that's relevant to this particular case, and that is nepotism. This church was founded by John and Ann Jimenez back in the 60s. Um, it was a very popular church. It was a, a very alive church. It, it grew rapidly. And John and Ann Jimenez had a daughter, and her name's Robin. And John married Robin back in the 90s. And, uh, and that's basically the situation you have here. So when you have somebody marrying the founding pastor's daughter, and then something like this happens... It just seems like integrity seems to go out the door, and now we're going to just talk about, you know, protecting the church, protecting um, these people, protecting this family, and that's not what, what should be done here. This is not—the church does not belong to the Jimenez family, this church or any other church. You know, pastors and church leaders need to stop treating churches like their personal piggy bank and handing out jobs to their kids like candy. Okay, you need to put people in positions of authority that are the right people for the job, not just because you have a kid and you want to give your kid a good job in your church. That's not what it's about. Sometimes maybe, you know, your, your children will be a good, uh, a good fit for a job. But nepotism happens way too much in the church, and these decisions are being based on uh, what's convenient and what's, and, what, and what's good for the family, rather than what's good for the church and what's good for the kingdom of God. So again, I, you know, I realize that a lot of these issues are really hard to discuss, and I, I don't, I'm not one to, um, you know, I talk about a lot of issues in the church and things that need to change, 
but I'm not one of these people that's just going to trash the church 24-7, and that's all I do. I think we need to build up the church, but you have to address these issues, and this kind of stuff just cannot be tolerated. And, and what he did was bad enough, but the church's response to it um, took a bad situation and made it even worse. I mean, I, I don't understand. It's as if these people just have no shame whatsoever about what happened. And I don't know how somebody's wife can step into a leadership position uh, when something like that happens in her home. And it's not that it's, it's Robin's fault or any, any spouse's fault, whether male or female, it doesn't really matter. But when you have that kind of situation in your home, you really can't concentrate on ministry and you need to take a step back. You know, so, you know, I don't know the inner workings of Rock Church. I don't know, you know, why they do what they do. I understand some of it. Some of it's legal. Some of it's, um, you know, but I, but I know these people. I know this church. And, and it's just, it, it saddens me. It really saddens me, both the, the event that happened here and the lack of integrity and the lack of responsibility uh, of this church to respond in a, in a way that would be, be more keeping with Scripture and keeping with the Word of God. So thanks for listening. Um, hope this helped you. I hope uh, you'll take this and understand the, the heart of it, which is to make sure we all walk in the right way, walk in the church um, you know, with integrity and with love. And uh, God bless you. Have a good night. Thank you.